right, everybody, welcome to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. We are the Beer Geeks, hear us pour, and I'm very excited about today's show as well as the rest of the week. It's our big, peculiar pop-up pulp kitchen going on with Backyard Ale House as well as the Beer Geeks and, of course, Peculiar Culinary and our good friends at RC Movies 14, something we're all very, very excited about, and your tickets are available now. You're definitely going to want to jump on them and get them because there are no walk-ins, boys. No walk-ins for Monday night at RC14, Derek. Your butt's not planted. You're not getting in. You are not getting in. If you do not go to the link and get your tickets, for or your seats, I should say, for this wonderful, original, creative, fabulous night that we are going to be having, all of us fine gentlemen here in the studio today, got our good friend Blaze Kopech joining us from oh. RC14. Can't be coming in for a couple sips of the old fine craft beer before you go to work today, or should That's I have said right. that at all? I don't know if I should have said that <laughs> at all. Derek, we have a great Great show us uh, ahead we, of us today. We do. We're going to be taking a look at uh, Terrapin Beer Company out of Georgia. We're going to be talking to their owner Brian Spike Bukowski. So we're going to. I'm actually going to want to find out where that nickname came from too. So we're going to get into that one as well. But uh, now Terrapin has some fantastic beers, and we have a great lineup from them. Some good cans, and we're going to be ending with one of my favorite beers of all time, the old French Toast Wake and Bake. So we're going to go really through a lot of stuff. Freddie's face just burnt Big out. time, man. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> let me say one other thing. Anytime somebody has a nickname like Spike, and we all have known a few people in our lives <laughs> that have been known as Spike, there's usually an interesting story behind yeah. how they got that nickname. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, it'll be a good time. And he's a good guy. We've, we've uh, talked before about a bunch of things, and I've, I've been a loyal fan of Terrapin for a while. So it'll be a good show to go through. And also, I'm going to throw this out since you didn't mention the link name. If anybody wants to get Thank the tickets. You. Peculiar culinary, peculiar culinary, all one thing, dot big cartel. Dot com. You can get your tickets on there, so then you want to get out there. I think Gene was only saying there's not many left. So. Yeah, we're well, going the funny, quick. Yeah. The funny thing about it is a lot of people are coming up to me saying, ah, we're just going to pop by Monday night. Hey, can I go there and just uh-uh. get them there? It's not going to happen. You're going to come, and you are going to be denied, and we're going to have to do that, man. And we don't want to have to sit our hitman out we're after gonna to, you. We're going to have to buy no, a, we're gonna no. get a bodyguard now for the evening, a big, a very large man. Oh, we got oh, one. Is there any large oh. men? Oh, great. <laughs> Why is everyone so angry? There's beer on the table. <laughs> I know. And he's going to dress up as Marcellus Wallace. That would be a great idea. <laughs> what does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> Outstanding. We're all very excited man. about this. As well as we're um, excited. I can tell you guys are excited about digging into this craft beer. So let's do it up. Yeah, we, we just cracked open a can. Of, this is the Recreation Ale. Recreation Ale. This is a session IPA, very low, uh, 4.7% ABV, really light. It's a very thin mouthfeel on this one. But this this was a beer that they, uh, I think they originally started brewing in the summer, if I remember correctly. Uh, but it's a really, it's meant to be an outdoor beer, hence the name. Like, it's supposed to be a light, easy-drinking beer, kind of falling in line with a lot of lighter beers and cans and everything, but more of the session IPA category. So, I mean, there, there's definitely a hop presence. It might be a little unbalanced towards the hops because when you're going for that session thing, it can tend to go towards that way sometimes, just with the way it is, depending on what the hops are used and everything. But it's a really easy drinking, very light IPA, and that's really what you want. Of session beers, this is this is actually my favorite one. This is, this is my go-to when I want to have beers. 
like beers upon beers. <laughs> when beers don't you want to have beers? Quantity upon when I go for beers. quantity, I usually go for uh, this beer. People ask me about you. Do they say, Billy, drink a lot? I said, no, only once, but he just hasn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all weekend. <laughs> you know, I... I have to say, I don't think it's not balanced. I think it's very well balanced. I think the hops got a nice little Christmas at the end, and I have to, you know, hats off to Terrapin. You know, one of my biggest pet peeves is the uh, the American Pale Ale that's an IPA, and by most brewery standards, this would be their Pale Ale. And by calling it a session IPA, I think they do a great justice to this beer. And I, you know, I think it may have knocked off my um my current go to session IPA. Oh wow! Is there, is there a game changer? This might be a game changer. Wow! What, what was it before? All day IPA by yeah, Founders. That's, yeah, that's that's number two. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah I'm sorry. I'm, I hope no one from Michigan's listening right now, but your <laughs> your brewery's list has been knocked down by one bag. A game changer. You're no longer my number one. You're Live now my number two. On the air. <laughs> that's outstanding. Yeah, this this is a really that's what's great with the session IPA. You know, the thing that's funny is uh, I think it was Garrett Oliver was talking once about the the session IPA movement, and he said it's funny because in England they just call them IPA <laughs> because that, because that's the whole thing. Like you know, the English like they they've always kind of had that lower ABV thing, and we in America love just bumping things up Bigger, and making them. Yeah, that's more, what we we want to hire out. So now we're moving back into a session IPA, but really a session IPA is what a typical a typical IPA was prior to before we got our hands on it. But, you know, then again, without us getting our hands on it, the IPA would not be where it is right now because we, as Americans, have pushed that category forward and have made it what it is in the world now. And you see all these breweries trying to play catch-up with America, and then we were kind of always, you know, the ugly stepchild for a long time. Well, you know, I think the other thing, though, is, Derek, is, is in it, there's so many craft breweries pushing what IPA can be yeah. that we're, we have to almost come up with different monikers, nomenclature in order to describe that. I mean, you have red IPAs, you have white IPAs, you have black IPAs, you have double IPAs, you have triple IPAs, you have imperial IPAs. I mean, there's practically, you know, kick a, kick a puppy IPA because, um, yeah. you know, there's oh, all these... writing that down. <laughs> but there's all these breweries, there's all these breweries out there trying to, to separate themselves up when they say, oh, I've had IPA. No, you haven't had yeah. this IPA. So it's, you know, that's it's part of that too. Yeah. Trying and, to get that edge. And a lot of the, the naming that goes on, like we've talked in here before, a lot of the naming for these beers that goes on isn't so much like that's the style. It's that's what you should expect when you drink this beer is like you should expect it, you know, double IPA. Unless it's going in for, you know, judging, that's a totally different thing. When you're throwing a name on it, that's the category it's going to be judged by. So they have to kind of use a, a benchmark. But if you're putting it out there and you're not entering it in competitions, the name is really just meant to be, this is what you should expect from this beer so that you're not, you know, it doesn't say IPA and you open it up and it's black. You know, you're like, well, what the heck is, it, it's kind of meant to just understanding, okay, this is a black IPA or this is a double IPA. So you know it's bigger or, or the color or just some of the expectations you have going into it. Because there's nothing like, you know, cracking open a bottle of, of water and it's rubbing alcohol or something like that. <laughs> and you get a pleasant surprise. That to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that, that's really what it is, is just kind of give you an expectation of what you're going to get before you have a drink of that thing. And that's really what a lot of it's going for. And that this whole session IPA movement caught on. I'd say in the last like three years, you're really starting to see a real big push from a lot of the breweries. And it's been a slow go for some of them catching on to it. But really, a lot of them have gotten into it. And it's it's been uh, that's kind of the new competition for a while. It was see how big, you know, the beer can be, you know, the whole highest ABV beer. Now it's kind of getting into how is the you know, lowest IBV with the most like an IPA that people are used to. That's what a lot of them are trying to get into to see how low an ABV they can go and still maintain, 
it being that, that's that's the uh, comment you see a lot of them have is when someone enters like a session IPA into a category of American IPA, and if it wins, it's like, well, that's a you know low ABV, and like it's a you know. Private. These lower ABV beers are a lot harder to brew than people want to even give yeah. credit for. It. You know, yeah. it's it's, and I think the session movements for for a lot of things. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people out there saying, "Hey, it's it'd be better if we could get some beers we can drink all the time rather than have three in your next thing you know, you're laying on your floor." Yeah. That's been the complaint I think from a lot of people that got into craft beer was if they're going out with friends that that don't drink craft beer and they're having. You know, one or two nine percent ABV beers. Well, then you know that's the end of the night for a lot of them. Whereas they have a friend who's like going like, oh, I've had ten of these light beers and I'm fine. So I mean that that's kind of the complaint they've had. It's like, well, I'm on the floor after two, and they're you know they want to go off another three hours. Well, it's a good chugging beer. Yeah, you know, awesome. You want to chug beers? This is like this is what you. Ch- yeah, you know, basically, you I mean, it even tells you that you can hike, you can paddle, <laughs> you can camp with this can. So you're ready to go. That's the other thing, putting it into the can. That's the whole thing. Ter- Terrapin's really gotten into that a lot. That's another thing we're going to talk to them about. Is there's, they've really gotten into canning a lot of their beers. Even the one we're having coming up later, we have Hopsecutioner. That's coming out in cans now, too. In other words, this beer is perfect for the functioning alcoholic. Yeah. Well, depending, <laughs> on, you know, depending on, you know, I guess how hard up you are, but this can almost kind of be confused for like a soda for some maybe age-appropriate situations. Like, mm. you know. Definitely get mixed know. up with the sprites right there. <laughs> yeah, and the colors there too. Let's not point out any kind of negative here, but any of our special, you know, our guests are going to be on a show and fine drinking beer. I was just thinking if we do so well, and this is totally off the base again, Derek, and you know, because I'm going into a commercial break shortly, I'll always talk about this kind of crap. If we do well with our peculiar pop up, our pulp kitchen, what about this, Derek? Uh-oh, How about a 50 Shades of Grey pop-up? <laughs> what do you think, guys? Absolutely not. Uh, that'd be a different pop-up. I'm so sorry. <laughs> pop-up could mean something else. I believe, that was, I believe that was a movie called Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yes. All right, that was my first derailment. Uh, I will fall back. That was great. Another Kubrick reference as yeah, well. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I can play this game. <laughs> oh, Thankfully, I have not watched that movie, and I do not have a, a wife that makes me watch movies like that. Because I couldn't. Fifty Shades of Grey pop up. Just think about it, Blaze. I don't want to think about that. Oh, I can't imagine people getting liquored up and watching that. And I heard it's coming out in three D. And the lights. <laughs> I have to go accidentally open up my uh, <laughs> water bottle. That's alcohol. This would be my uh, biggest fear. You you have weird S and M stuff going on. You have people getting liquored up, and the lights are turned off. I don't want to be in that room. <laughs> Well, why is backyard? Maybe he's smirking. He's smirking and he's nodding his head up and down. It's movies I, I 14, like, not I, Cinema 309. I, I like weird yeah, things. That's kind of weird. Like it, it's like a social experiment. It'd be pretty. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch, but not be in the room while it's going on. That's the. <laughs> and imagine the cleanup. Oh. oh. Yeah, I went there. You did. I'm sorry I even brought this up oh, again. God. Like I said, that oh. was my first show derailment. Totally Can we get back to beer? It. Let's, totally let's talk yeah. about more beer. Where's beer? Yeah. Yeah, we, we have a lot. There's a lot of uh, really good IPAs we have from Terrapin, actually. We have, of everything, we have a really nice lineup because we have four IPAs from them, like of different variations, and two of the, some of the best stouts that you're ever going to get out there, which is really nice because they, they, it's good to see a good differentiation, too, with all of these. And we have three of them in cans. They said, like, Terrapin's really got into the whole canning movement, which is a really cool thing to see because, you know, a lot of breweries are making that transition. Some have been slow, and some have been, like, outright, like, no, I'm not going to ever do it, and blah, 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 making the stance. 
Because the the issue with cans for a long time has been not so much that it, it was just associated with you know macro brews. It's more that some people were saying it wasn't safe because of the lining and da da da. But the lining has really come a long ways as far as the way everything is in the can. So it's actually become a really good and actually more long lasting for the beer in a can than, than a lot of the bottles are. But you know, Derek, I'll, I'll go to showing how alcohol diverse I am. It's it's almost to the 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 wine drinkers. Many. You know, wine drinkers won't ever drink wine that's in a box or or anything else other than a, a glass bottle with an actual cork in it. You know, no screw tops, no, you know, and it's, there's a lot to be said for the craft brewers out there who are beer snobs, not beer connoisseurs, and, you know, will turn their nose up at these canned beers because they, they take the aspect of being more macro, but... You know, oh, I need to have a bottle of beer. When's the last time you actually drank out of a bottle of beer? Yeah. I mean, I'm always out of a glass. Anyway. I don't care how it gets to me. Yeah. That's what, the, the thing that's funny with a lot of them that make the complaints about it. It's like, well, most of the time when you're getting any of the beer, like you're pouring it out anyway. So realistically, what does it matter? I mean, it, the only thing that's nice with, with the can is just the sole convenience of, of being able to, to have it with you. So now that's the best thing about it is like you don't have to worry about it breaking and you know cutting your knuckles open. Outstanding. All right, man, we're gonna take a break here, pay some bills, and we'll be right back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Well, here we are again, and I gotta tell you, Jim, this match has me really concerned. Here we have a powerful heavyweight, a train, weighing in at six thousand tons, and this hasty lightweight challenger, a car, at just one and a half tons. This does not bode well for the car or the people in it. It's no contest. Every day, people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks, think train. Construction has begun at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified, and so is the construction sale. I'm Ken Pollock, and we have lots of exciting things happening at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified. Our brand new showroom is underway, and right now, during our construction sale, we are making room on the lot with incredible deals that will move quickly. Here's our manager, Murad, with a few of them. Be ready for the snow. This all-wheel drive 2014 Honda CRV EXL at only $25,499, or a 2015 GMC Terrain at only $29,999. Right now at Ken Pollock Platinum Certified, just off of I-81 on Route 315 in Pittsburgh. Certified.com. Home is where the heart is. It's where you hang your hat after a long day at work, where you enjoy time with your family, creating fond memories. Home is a special place, and if you're looking for new ideas to improve your home, or if you're looking to build a new home, then the Intercom Home Show is where you need to be this weekend, Saturday, February 28th from 10 to 6, Sunday, March 1st from 11 to 6, at the Mall of Steamtown in Scranton. The show is free and open to the public. There will be a variety of exhibitors showcasing everything related to the home including home builders, remodelers, design, decor, products, handyman services, and so much more. Enjoy seminars by Perez Designs at 2 p.m. each day. Saturday, find out secrets to a successful home remodel, and Sunday, find out how to survive a kitchen remodel. The Intercom Home Show at the Mall at Steamtown, Lackawanna Avenue, downtown Scranton, on Saturday, February 28th from 10 to 6, and Sunday, March 1st from 11 to 6, an Intercom marketing event. The following message is about Medicaid and CHIP, free or low-cost health coverage for kids and teens. Enrollment is open year-round. Hey, voice lady, give me the mic. Um, okay. Hey, DJ, let's switch up the music. That's better. So listen up, moms and dads out there. There are these programs called Medicaid and CHIP. They offer free or low-cost health coverage for kids. 
things like doctor and dentist visits, prescriptions, and shots are covered. All the stuff that keeps kids like me healthy and in charge. So, as you can tell, a covered kid is a confident kid. And it means confident parents, too. To learn more about affordable health coverage for your family, visit healthcare.gov or call 1-877-KIDS-NOW. That's 1-877-543-7669. Yep, you could do something big for your family today because enrollment is open year-round. This has been a message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And Sophia. And beers are... On the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. And we have our very special guest on the line, Brian Spike Bukowski from Terrapin. Brian, Spike, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thank you, guys. Good morning to you. Hey, Spike, I think we jumped in on one of your other beer conversations. <laughs> it was kind of like jumping in right live into the action with you. <laughs> really? I, I, well, I was outside, and there was this crow making a whole bunch of noise, so I had to go back inside. So <laughs> that like, damn uh, crow! <laughs> well, Spike, first thing we have to get into, because we, we've all had friends with the nickname and everything, we have to know, where did the nickname Spike come from? Oh, wow, man. That was back when uh, I was a freshman in college, and you know how when you're uh, in a dorm, and you're a freshman, and you've got all upperclassmen on the dorm, and uh, they just, uh, you know, I had spiked hair, so they nicknamed me Spike, and it stuck. <laughs> so they went, they went for the low-hanging fruit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, well, let's, let's jump into everything with the, the brewery. Now, you guys opened your doors in 2002. Now, yep. your background is you're an avid home brewer, I know, and, and, a, and a deadhead. So mm-hmm. my question is, is when you were opening, how did those two things kind of interplay with one another as you were starting to put together everything for the brewery? Wow. Um, I, I mean, I met my, my business partner, John Cochran, when we worked at uh, Atlanta Brewing Company in Atlanta. And uh, basically the story goes is uh, we were taken out to a baseball game. Uh, it was Braves opening day, and our boss took us out to the baseball game. Well, the next day we got back to the brewery, and the owner of the brewery really didn't like it that we took off to go to the baseball game. So he proceeded to yell at our boss and make John and I and our boss tar the parking lot outside. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) So so basically it all started as a joke because we got mad, of course, and we said, well, we'll show him. We'll, you know, we'll build our own brewery. You know, we'll start our own thing. And... It, like I said, it just started as a joke, and then we started making little uh, gestures with our thumb and our fingers to look like little turtles. I came up with the name Terrapin because, you know, I used to follow the dead in college, and uh, Terrapin Station was one of my favorite albums. So uh, that's how, it, how the idea was born. And then, of course, you know, you put a business plan together, and you go after money, and you build, hopefully, a successful brewery. Well, can I ask more on that one? So did they have any influence when you were first starting out? Like, what were you going for as far as like styles or, or the core beers you were going after? Uh, yeah. Well, everybody thought I was pretty crazy because you know they were like, "Well, what beer do you want to make? You know, what's going to be your flagship? What's going to be your first beer?" And I said, "Well, I want to make a West Coast style pale ale." Now, this was back in two thousand and two. So back then in the southeast, I mean, there was just Bud Miller and Coors drinkers, and there, there weren't really a lot of craft brew drinkers in the southeast. I mean, there was only two breweries in Atlanta, I believe, at the time. So um, I said, well, you know, what, what do the people don't like about hoppy pale ales? And everybody I talked to said, well, they don't like how the hops kind of just sit on your tongue, and after a half hour, your mouth just still tastes like a hop bud. 
So I went back to my college years and remembered how much I loved Jim Beam in college, which is a, uh, a rye whiskey. So uh, I started playing around with rye because I knew it was a little spicy and it dried your palate out. And uh, came up with a rye pale ale recipe and basically put all the uh, hops that I knew had low cohemolone and very smooth bitterness up front and then dry hops it with a hop called Amarillo, which was new on the scene at that time. And, uh, you know, out popped the Rye Pale Ale, and lo and behold, it wins a gold medal at the Great American Beer Festival uh, 2002, and off we go. So now, piggybacking on that, did that have, you know, when you're coming out of the gate strong like that, when your first main ones hit, wins a gold, did that really influence the direction maybe you thought you were going to go in for, for the brewery? Um, you know, I mean, all the focus was on this little brewery that really didn't exist because we were a contract brewer, right? So John and I didn't have money to start a brewery. So we pulled our dollars together and started contract brewing at a local brewery in Atlanta. And I, you know, I would physically go down there and brew the beer. But, uh, you know, after that spotlight gets shown on you, I mean, there was 93 entries in that category at the time. And that was back in 2002. So to have this unknown startup brewery that wasn't even a year old win the gold, yeah, it was a huge, it was a huge success. And um, you know, we had a lot of distributors from around the country calling us, and we're like, uh, we haven't even done 200 barrels of beer, <laughs> never mind, uh, you know, distribute to uh, Wisconsin or something like that. So it was a, uh, it was a great experience. I mean, it really, like I said, put us on the map. Yeah, I mean, you can't ask for more. I mean, coming out like that, I mean, that's kind of be a, a difficult thing, though, too, when you're coming out that strong and then you have this high demand that you don't even know what your regular demand is at yet because you haven't really established everything. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, if we had more money at the time and, you know, to build a brewery back then and, and do it like that, like people are doing today, I mean, it just seems like the craft brewing movement is so strong today. I mean, you, you basically sneeze and somebody's throwing you a million and a half, two million dollars to open a brewery. Um <laughs> Back then, it was not like that. I mean, 2002, craft brewing movement was over, uh, on the decline, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, here we go, sticking our, sticking our necks out of our shell to, uh, to, to get this brewery going. But I think we did it really smart by contracting and, um, you know, finally uh, getting some investors and going from there. So it's been, uh, like they say in Dead World, a long, strange trip, you know? <laughs> so as you've, you've grown, like, how many states are you distributed in currently? Uh, we're about 13 states right now. Um, so uh, not a huge footprint. I mean, I, I think where you're going to see the craft brewing movement go is, uh, you know, you're going to have your small local breweries. Of course, you're going to have your huge national breweries like Sierra and New Belgium. Uh, Lagunitas is getting there. And then, you know, you'll have your strong regional breweries. Um, and right now that's what we're aiming for at the time. I mean, if we can go national, that's great. But I think to protect your home market and saturate your home market and work from the inside out is probably your best strategy uh, instead of trying to blast it across the country or try to over overstep your reach. Because don't forget, as you move about the country, you have all these local breweries popping up. And, of course, everybody wants to drink local, so it's just getting harder and harder to uh, to expand your brewery and get into get into these uh, other states because there's so many great local breweries out there. You know? Yeah, we actually last week we talked with Doug O'Dell from Odell Brewing and he kind of has the same idea. Like he wants to be considered a regional brewery and doesn't have mm-hmm. the intention of, of growing to being that because he wants it to always kind of be viewed as it being in your own backyard. Yeah, and and it, that's that's the key. How do you pull that off, right? So how how is Terrapin relevant in I don't know Nebraska? Right. I mean, not that we're distributed in Nebraska, but, 
you know, it's it's going to be harder and harder to have that local feel, uh, you know, a thousand miles away from home. Yeah. There are deadheads everywhere, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there are. And, uh, and it's pretty exciting because after this phone call, i got to try to get tickets for Chicago. So uh, that's going on sale this morning. So. <laughs> Well, the, the other thing I want to talk about, just because of recent things that have been going on, because I know you guys have a, a history with this. You know, in 2011, you sold minority ownership to, mm-hmm. or minority interest to, to 10th and Blake Beer Company, which is like a division within Miller Coors. Correct. Now, with all the things that have gone on recently, there's been, you know, with all the full-on buyouts and everything, the backlash mm-hmm. and people saying things when they have no reason to be able to say anything. Uh, right. How has this deal like, kind of helped you, and, and have they inter- tried to interfere at all with what you're doing with beers or anything like that? Uh, they have not. I mean, basically, uh, the Tenth and Blake Group is a minority partner in Terrapin, oh. and how it all went down was that our original investors, uh, they basically wanted to take their cash and put it elsewhere, right? So they weren't in it for the long haul. Well, when they came knocking on the door asking for their capital, you know, John and I were like, okay, I can't even pay my damn water bill. How am I going to pay these guys a couple million dollars, right? So, you know, you look for private equity, you, you go to the bank, you know, you, you look around. And at that time, Tenth and Blake was just starting up. Um, obviously, we are with a Miller distributor uh, in, our home, in our home state. And uh, we started talking to them. Uh, they came in, and when they came in, it was just a loan. They basically loaned us the money to buy out our original investors. And they gave us a year uh, to kind of sit on it and think what we wanted to do. So at the end of that year, I mean, there was a couple of different avenues we could have went. We could have went and got uh, private equity. And if we went down that route, uh, we probably would have had to give up 75, 80% of the company, and we weren't going to do that. Or you go to the bank and try to get money to uh, pay back that loan. But at that point, you just rob Peter to pay Paul, right? So you're basically on the same playing field. So... We looked at them, and uh, you know, we gave them we gave them some shares, and uh, they are in as a minority partner. And uh, yeah, they kind of stay out. Uh, they do have a board seat, of course, and it's nice to bounce ideas off of them. But as far as running the business and coming up with beer styles and the feel and the make and the whole marketing strategy behind Terrapin, it's all from us uh, at Terrapin. You know, so you know, I think having a strategic a uh, partner like that may help out in the long run. You look at you look at a lot of breweries that are getting private equity. I think Founders got some private equity. I think Sweetwater just did. And then what do you do with that private equity? Because those guys come in and they they put a bunch of money into your brewery, and then I would assume if they're investors, they would want their money back out. So do they sell the company after that or not? Who knows? We're going to see a lot of things happening in the years to come, and it's just. Uh, Different brewers are going to have different strategies. I mean, you look at somebody like Yingling, who, gosh, that thing has been in the family forever. It's still working out there and uh, probably hold it forever, you know. So I think it all depends on uh, if they want to leave it as a legacy or people, you know, how some people are. They just want to start a business and they want to flip it and go on to something else. Um, You know, us at Terrapin, we love what we do and uh, we're very proud uh, of the beers we make. But, you know, 20 years from now, where is Terrapin going to be? Um, do I want to still be pushing a hand truck around the brewery or do I want to be <laughs> sipping a cocktail down on, on the Bahamas somewhere? So you don't know. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a big, crazy year this year for some mergers and acquisitions, and uh, we'll just see where it goes. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's just, if there's anything to judge by from what happened last year, I think this year's going to be a lot more of that. So mm-hmm. let's, let's yep. jump past all the business stuff and let's get into beer. So sure. you guys have been doing a lot of uh, canning of your beers now, too, which is really cool. So if you could speak to a little bit about that and then also parlay that into we poured some of the Mosaic Red Rye IPA. So if you could go from how you're these cannings well, into that beer. Yes, we um, obviously we uh, bought a canning line last year um, and uh, we uh, we were starting to can more and more beers. Um, we contracted um, our uh, Recreation Ale was the first beer we ever put in cans. Uh, we didn't have a canning line a couple years ago, so uh, we do a little bit of contracting with a brewery up in Connecticut, and they started doing cans for us. And as we looked at the popularity of cans, we figured, hey, we have to invest a couple million dollars either for a bottling line or a canning line, and we went to cans, and now we're pulling all that volume in. So Recreation Ale was first. Um, of course, we have High Five, and you know to bring it back to Mosaic, Mosaic is a seasonal beer, and all the seasonal sessions this year will be going into cans. So uh, Mosaic was the first seasonal uh, that we did in a can. It is our red rye IPA brewed with 100% Mosaic hops, and that came out you know, probably about a month ago. So. Yeah, well, what, now what was the, the thought process behind going with 100% Mosaic for something like this? Um... When I went out to, uh, excuse me, when I went out to uh, Hop Harvest and uh, went out to Hop School a couple of years ago, I fell in love with the hop. And um, the beer came out oh, two years ago, I think, when the Craft Brewers Conference was at the uh, was in Washington D.C. The CDC was, and I partnered up with uh, some hop growers, and I said, "Hey, I would love to make a beer for the CDC." So you guys can serve at your booth because you guys, you know, you sell Mosaic and let's show off the Mosaic hop. So that's how it came out. It was just a side project at first. And people love the beer so much, um, they wanted it uh, to come back again as a seasonal. So we put it in the seasonal rotation. Um, I love doing single hop beers. I mean, that that brings us uh, to our newest beer uh, called Hop Selection, which is on the Monster Beer Tour that we just actually bottled this week. And that is brewed with 100% hop called Ella. And what we're going to do is we're going to bring back hop selection every year. But what's going to happen is I'm going to go out to hop selection and check out the new hops, see what's going on, maybe pick an old favorite, maybe pick a new one. And that uh, hop selection beer will change every year. It'll be 100% um, hopped beer, uh, and that'll come out every January, February. That sounds incredible. Well, hey, just to jump off the beer topic for one quick question. I mean, mm-hmm. this is Sean. I was very excited that Terrapin was going to be on today because I have a turtle that I've had since I was 12 years old, and he is going to turn 21 this year, and I need wow. to know what beer we should serve at his birthday party. <laughs> from the from the owner of Terrapin, in, in honor of my turtle's 21st birthday, what is the beer from your, from your lineup that we need to serve at his 21st birthday party? I am going to go with my sentimental favorite, and I'm going to say rye pale ale. Excellent. Because, Thank, yeah. it, it'll be done. Derek, mark it down <laughs> on the calendar. Spike, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate your wealth of knowledge. It was great talking to you. Maybe we'll see you in Chicago. What's that? So maybe we'll see you in Chicago. Yeah, no doubt. Well, uh, like I said, I'm going to try to get some tickets, and even if I don't, you probably will see me in Chicago anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Spike, for being here on the show with us today. We're going to take a short break. We're going to clean some glasses, and we'll be right back with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. As a referee, I pay attention for a living. 
While I'm busy watching the game, I need your help keeping an eye on the stands. If you see something that doesn't look quite right, tell a law enforcement official. We all play an important role in protecting our communities, and you can help. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. If you see something, say something is used with permission by the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority. Two of the biggest names in music unite. Fall Out Boy, Wiz Khalifa. Holla, 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 holla. Together live. Boys of Summer Tour. Saturday, the 4th of July, the Pavilion at Montage Mountain. Fallout Boy and Wiz Khalifa. With special guest, Hoodie Allen. Don't miss out. Fallout Boy with Khalifa. Tickets are on sale now. Available at the Pavilion Box Office, online at Ticketmaster.com. Or by calling 1-800-745-3000. Produced by Live Nation. Intercom's Elite Eateries, Northeast PA's finest dining and family restaurants. Featuring the Sanderson Street Tavern, 655 Sanderson Street Troop, Tommy Boy's Bar and Grill, 14 North Market Street, Nanny Coke, and Grande Pizza and Family Restaurant, Bernie Ave Music. Introducing a breakthrough in time management technology. A whole new day of the week. It's called Someday. It's ingenious. Perhaps someday you were going to go skydiving. Enter a hot dog eating contest. Maybe ride a mechanical bull. Now it's on the calendar. You may want to retire someday. Ready for that? Then you'll really want a My Social Security account at socialsecurity.gov. You can estimate your future benefits, plan for your retirement, and how to save for it. If you already receive benefits, you can manage them online. Millions of people already have a My Social Security account. In fact, someone opens one about every six seconds. You should get yours today, because someday is here at socialsecurity.gov. Selective Service presents easy ways to stay out of trouble. If something smells like feet, don't eat it. And here's the easiest way of all to stay out of trouble. When a guy turns 18, he should register with Selective Service at sss.gov. It only takes a minute, and it's the law. All right, we're back here with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour and the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. And we do have a few more beers to drink today, huh, Dirty Derek? Oh, yeah, we got four more. Un Unfortunately, we got Darn, all these shame. good beers. Yeah, I can't have that. But before, <laughs> what's going on this weekend at the Backyard Ale House? Backyard oh, Billy. Have, backyard have, Billy. We have Mason Dixon tonight. Oh, that's a good time. Oh, yeah. For many, many years, man. Brian many, Serafinko, many years. Oh, you know, nice time. On. Yeah, so... Those guys have been doing it for for a long time, so they're there. No cover tonight, too. So free That's music, awesome. you know. Why, why, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? I don't know. Maybe because you had to work at the movie theater, you couldn't go. Well, you see me there Monday. And speaking of, why wouldn't six. you? Why wouldn't you be there on Monday? Peculiarculinary.bigcartel.com. Oh, so Pulp Fiction. You're getting good food and the beers. We haven't actually announced the beers yet. Yeah, we're, we're the beers ahead. we're doing. We're doing Anderson Valley Blood Orange Goza. Awesome. Mm. We're going to have some Lagunitas IPA mm. and some Rogue Hazelnut Nectar. Mm. 
brown ale to finish it out with some nice dessert. It's a good time. It's going to be a blast. (laughs) And we're going to be chowing down and watching this classic movie. And I encourage people to dress like their favorite characters. What does Marcellus Wallace look like? <laughs> Come on. Sound of music? I could just go. <laughs> yeah, someone could show up wearing anything and then just say that. And that's all I have to say. Yeah. That's what he looks like. <laughs> it's going to be Dude, fabulous. That's pride. That's <laughs> yeah, I know. We, I, I got to be watch. careful. Yeah, I know, that's I know. what I'm trying to say, man. Because now you got me wanting You want me, I, I want to quote the movie, and I can't because I don't have that filter. It doesn't work <laughs> properly. Well, I see the delay is back up to eight seconds. So, I mean, <laughs> I've been, I, every week I come in and I watch the delay. It's at zero. I'm like, be careful, be careful, be Here's careful, be careful. Here's the deal. Here's the deal, though. It'll take me 12 seconds to, to reach over, over there to hit it. <laughs> so what the hell? Well, at least it's back. Like, at least there's that security blanket, you know? All right, guys, drink beer. All right, so we, we cracked open some High Five IPA, which is one of the ones that, that Spike mentioned is in a can. We actually cracked a can open up this one. Uh, really nice, solid American IPA, 5.9% ABV. It's a really nice, well-balanced one. This has some really nice citrus notes in it, but some pine backup. But a really solid, well-balanced, very nice dry finish on this one, which I, I love an IPA with a really good dry finish, and this one has that. Sean's looking like he wants to say something. No, I'm spacing out. I'm still thinking about the birthday party at Packerdale House from Eternal. <laughs> I'm really excited about the possibility of this happening. But because I, I actually have a lot of, I had some one sheets this week too, which is nice. I actually have like a, a, an idea of all the hops they put in. This one is nice because it has some Zythos, Centennial, Amarillo, Simcoe, and Citra all thrown into this. Which Those is are all really, my favorites. It's a really, a really nice balance of hops in this one, a good variety of flavors. So, I mean, you're really going to get a lot of those different kind of hops coming through, which is nice because I love the Amarillo when that one's done nice because you get some real nice orange notes from that when you put an Amarillo in and use it really nicely and then having the Simcoe to kind of balance it out. I think it's dry hop with a bunch of them too, like Centennial and Simcoe, et cetera, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And I don't know the dry hop order of this one. I have, the, I just know hops are in it. I don't have the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I, this is, you know, I do have, I think, I would think that you're right because there is a lot of citrus in, like coming through and that's going to come through only if it was dry hop the way it was. It's got that nice citrus resiny flavor yeah. going on that you want to get out of a West Coast, but I think this is one of those, this is one of those beers that, um, it's if balanced, unlike if, some West Coast IPAs. Yeah, it's it would it deceives you as a West Coast IPA because it's it's got a smooth, balanced flavor. It's not the hops are very well interjected into the process. It's not all over the place. Distributed. Well, I'm sorry to know we were playing Scrabble I- right now. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the crossword, Billy? Where is it? Come on, me. I'm trying to be smart. All right. Try to sound smart at least. So now we're going into the we're starting to work our way up into the big boys because we, we got some uh some really nice ones now. So we just cracked open. As I said before, this is this is Hopsecutioner. Now this is seven point three percent ABV. Uh, so it's not a huge double IPA as far as ABV. But as I said, this is another one they're gonna start putting into cans. I think that's coming out in about a month. I think I believe it's gonna start hitting the market. But it's really nice to just see, like, the, the the thing that's nice with cans, as I started to say before when we went to break before Spike, the cans, what's nice about it is having the, the portability of cans. You don't have to worry about having a bottle opener unless you don't have nails like myself, and then you have to worry about something to pry that open because you can't use your fingernail. <laughs> but other than that, cans are really nice with that because you don't have to worry about having a bottle opener. You don't have to worry about breaking glass because we've all been somewhere and you got broken glass. Now you have a little territory you have to avoid, so you don't, you know, wind up getting sliced open and then die from I don't know cholera or well, something. <laughs> well even more than that I, I like it went dark <laughs> it went dark real fast you, you know the portability the portability of the can is, is definitely great I, I remember before craft beer was really coming out in cans 
it was hard to be able to go someplace that was like, oh, no glass allowed, and have beer that you'd want to drink. Not, I mean, you can pretty much drink anything. Yeah. But you know, having a good beer that you want to drink, you know, it's it's great. I find it. Uh, we have a birthday party for my daughter every year, a pool party, right? And it's like, oh, no glass by the pool. We have great beer now. No more uh, other beers that we will not mention. Yeah. Unmentionables? We don't. Unmentionable beers, yes. The unmentionables. Yeah, that's, that's what's really nice is just seeing the, the the amount of breweries going towards this. And it's great that Terrapin's getting more and more into it. And, and it's not just – because some breweries you'll see they'll, they'll put out only a handful of beers – in cans, they don't worry about their whole line. I mean, you have all their breweries, like you know, 21st Amendment or Oscar Blues, that only do cans. But there's some breweries that are getting into the canning process, and they're kind of hesitant about some of their beers. But Terrapin really seems to be working their way through a lot of their portfolio, and it's great now seeing Hopsecutioner because this is like a really solid double IPA, and it's great that it's 7.3 because some of the ABVs for the double IPAs and they get up to like nine. It kind of you really sh- can only have one if you're going to go out for a while because you're going to start to get a little sleepy if you start cracking into another one. So it's nice to have one that's a little more reserved so you can at least enjoy a little bit more of it. But this one's really nice because it had the malt bill on this. is a really nice malt bill because it has like this real solid backbone to it. They, I, that's one thing I love about it. But it's not IPA. super sweet. Like no. normally you get up to the sevens, the eights, the nines, and an IPA, and you get a real solid, yeah. sweet maltiness. And you can in it. see it when you look at some of them too. The, the, the yeah. dark. And this one has like a really light color still compared to some double IPAs that have like a dark caramel type malt. And that's when you, you know you're gonna get a sweeter. The rye, the mosaic rye that we had was was much darker than this beer. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's it's like a really solid double IPA. This is one that the, the brewery really has a good reputation with. With this, so I mean, this is and this is one's great too because you know they're only in thirteen states, as he said. But in all their states that they're in, you can find them really, really easily. That they have they're they're widely available, and that's what's great when you see breweries doing it. You know, as we talked to with with uh, Doug O'Dell last week, when they're in a state, Terrapin's kind of the same way. Like they really want to be in that state and kind of be a part of that and grow it that way. So you can really find them in a lot of these areas. And to me, I mean, seeing as we've had Terrapin here for a number of years, to me, seeing how people are, I really think that they're a very underrated brewery that I think a lot more people should really get into trying a lot of their stuff because uh, they're a brewery that there's just so yeah. much in their portfolio is endless, too. I would agree. I mean, the diver- diversification that yeah. they have, I mean, that just yeah, well, any, we, a palette for every, everyone. So. And when we get into the stouts, oh, yeah. oh, that's when you're going to start hearing well, noises. We've been a fan since we opened the door. I yeah. mean, this this is, I mean, every single one of these beers we've had down at the bar, so we've been a we've been a huge supporter of them, and plus we're, we're deadheads, and <laughs> I mean, that connection Gotta love just, the dead. Come on. Just that, gotta, that right on its own. I mean, you just put that out there, uh-huh. you're going to get a lot of people Picking up stuff, saying like, "Oh yeah, we, you know, it's named after the Grateful Dead, Big Deadheads." That oh, I'm in. Like that's all you need to hear for a lot of them, and they're just into it. And it's a really cool thing because I mean, it's also it shows kind of the ethos of the brewery, just more laid back. And you you got that from how he was talking about how they grew the company and where how they look at it as a business and things. It it's not there's not a pride or an ego thing. It's it's kind of more like there's pride, but in the, the brewery and in making a name for themselves. And they have a beer called Wake and Bake. Yes. <laughs> They have a beer <laughs> called Wake and Bake. You that can, is true. It's perfect. Yeah, and Wake and Bake in and of itself, yeah. that beer is phenomenal. And the one we have today is a special one that it just really knocks it to another level. And I even warned them when uh, I found out we were going to be getting some French toast Wake and Bake that you're going to hear sounds of grown men drooling on the radio. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I'm looking forward to that or not. I know we got to take a little break here, clean some glasses, and get ready for that grown men drooling thing that's going to happen. <laughs> this is Saxon. Just let me rock here on the Beer Geeks.
list in the sacks that I can listen to them all day long. Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on the Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. And we have two more beers oh, we do. Um, to drink here. And I might have to step out of the studio for this four grown men drooling type thing that's supposed to get <laughs> yeah, on. So bo- Both of these might actually cause it to happen. Cause these all are right. Both, th- this is now... now Terrapin has their Muhu chocolate milk stout, which they're very well known for. Really smooth, really sweet stout. This is the Muhu Chiato. Now, this is a, a chocolate espresso milk stout. So this has a, a nice, real nice touch of coffee put into it. But it, it really just knocks up their, their Muhu stout another notch and adds that really smooth. And what's great, like the coffee that they have put in when they put that into their, even the wake and bake and everything, it's a really smooth coffee. It doesn't give that really astringent bitterness that sometimes you get. Starbucks, watch out. Yeah. This it, is it, my new morning drink. This, <laughs> this is just like a really, this is like a, the perfect dessert beer. I mean, if there was ever one that you could just say, this is dessert in and of itself, just the aroma of this beer, this is one of those things like smell I wouldn't say smell-o-vision, smell-o-listen, there we go, smell-o-listen. Would, would actually work really well for radio, because this, this just has these really nice, smooth chocolate notes with this lactose, and it just, I mean, it just smells like one of the best chocolates you're ever going to have. I, I'd push back a little bit, Derek. I wouldn't even say dessert beer for this one. I think this would go great with anything, like a grilled steak, like as a main dinner. That's true. You know, a lot of people go, instant, they hear Muhu, and they hear coffee, and they're like, "Ah, oh, it's going to be a dessert beer." This is a nice, dry. It's Especially, not super it sweet. Dry. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever have a nice coffee rubbed steak? Yeah, uh, that just reminds me of that. That, that would be a really nice with that. It would just kind of smooth it out. Yeah, and just have all that more drool. This is just More like drool. This, <laughs> but no, this is, and it's only 6% too. So this is a, a mild one. The next one we're going to have is a little ratcheted up, but this is just super smooth. Now, now the thing I'll throw out there, this is a, a one that can kind of get a little difficult to find because they put these out and they're actually wax sealed, which we had fun trying to crack that open with a regular bottle opener here. We had to get out the, the big boys and cut it open to get these open because some of the wax seals on these are a little thicker than, than normal little buildup. But it's just a really great beer. If you can track this one down, absolutely. Especially if you love stouts or if you have a loved one maybe that says, well, I don't like beer, but they love chocolate, I think you can win them over with this one. And and just the muhu straight up is good. Yeah, but I mean, I think the coffee in this just adds such a complexity to this beer that you know what I thought was good was made better. Yeah, and that's just awesome. And that's what that's what I love to see when you do that with breweries because sometimes they'll they'll have the idea of like two great things like oh this is great in and of itself and this is great let's put them together and it's amazing and it's the worst thing ever. That doesn't yeah it doesn't yeah, work all the time. But this like, this worked so perfectly. I mean, like, you know, just loving coffee, it makes it a great beer because, I mean, just having those notes, because you could smell it in the aroma, but it's not overwhelming. That's what I was saying. It's nice because some, when you think of some coffee stouts, they get a little astringent, a little bitter because maybe the coffee choices, because that that does have an influence, like what coffee bean you're throwing into it. Coffee is not just coffee. You're not just grabbing any kind of coffee and throwing it in there. Like, you should pay attention to what's going on to have an understanding of the the bitterness you're going to get from it because there is, in and of itself, coffee has a lot of bitterness. Using herbs and coffees and stuff, and and that's one thing that people don't, um, they play the same role as hops do in beers sometimes, you know, and and you just don't pick any hop and say, well, I'm going to make an IPA. I'm just going to put, what can I find? You know, I'm just going to put it in there. You know, you need really, the good brewers out there really spend a lot of time researching the style of coffee, the the roast level, all those different things when they're going to add in there that makes, you can tell makes a really good or a really poor beer. Yeah. 
And that, that's what you can tell they paid attention to what the coffee is going into this, that it wasn't just anything. It's actually something they have there from, uh, what is it, Jitter, Jittery Joe's Coffee Blend. And then they actually, from what I saw, you can mm. actually go, I think on their website you can get it too. You can actually get the blend that they use in their beer. You can get that coffee from Terrapin. How much caffeine is in this? That I don't know. But uh, Could we use it as a morning drink? We are in that right now. You're right. Perfect for going to work. <laughs> There's people out there. for going to work. That's yeah, it. people drinking grain as their morning drink now. Somewhere in this world, I, I'm sure that beer is fine. I, I want to listen to the album now, Terrapin. I, I hear I have Lady with a Fan in my head. You're inspired. Let, let my inspiration go. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So... We're moving on to our final beer. Now, this is the one that, that I absolutely, I love Terrapin's Wake and Bake. Like, that is a beer. Like, if I go out somewhere and I see a bottle, no matter what else I'm having, at some point I'm going to grab some of that because I, I just love having that beer. It's just so enjoyable. So when they come out with this every year, I am so excited for this. This is the French Toast Wake and Bake. This is a coffee, oatmeal, imperial stout, and it is just absolutely incredible. And what's great with this is, you're getting the uh, notes of the wake and bake. You're getting coffee. You're getting like some of the oatmeal. You get that full mouth feel, but you have sweet maple syrup in this one as well. So it really is. This is truly <laughs> just absolutely breakfast in a glass because you have all these great things going on, and it's 9.4% ABV. So this is a little bit of a bigger boy, but I mean this this is just oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a, one of the best ways to end just this one. Your lips. I'm just yeah. like oh my god. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. The I aroma, feel dirty. The aroma on this one, like just everything about this, this this could be one of the best stouts, like, period. I mean, it's just everything that you want is in here. I think the, you know, that maple flavor gives a little bit of a smokiness to it. Like, this is... It's not like Super Troopers maple syrup either. Like we're chugging. <laughs> it's not like we're chugging like you know like a ch- uh, you know a maple syrup chug. But it's like- I I know we're on the radio, but maybe a moment of silence for this. Beer. Wow. Yeah, no, th- this is just oh. But you can t- the the sweetness from the maple syrup has the been has been leaving your yeah, mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm just babbling. The sweetness of the maple syrup has has gone away. You know, you, you hear a lot of these things that are out now like there's there's banana nut this and mm-hmm. donut covered that and you know, double dip chocolate this rainbow that, tears thing. bottle rainbow, but, yeah. yeah. And you know, when you drink the beers you're like, "Oh yeah, it says donut whatever." And you drink it you're like, "Yep, tastes like a donut because it's yeah. really sweet." I was very nervous when you said, oh, I got Wake and Bake. I'm like, oh, you're like, it's the French toast. I'm like, oh, French toast. Oh, sweet. It's not sweet. No. It's not. A, it's not. The one thing I can say consistently about Terrapin is they are not They go for heavy. balance. Yeah. yeah. They, they go for that really nice balance. It's, it's, there's a lot in this beer at 9.4. There's a lot going on in it, but it's not overwhelming to the palate. It's something that even if you had a friend that was like, oh, I love stouts, and the only thing they've ever had is, you know, Guinness, Guinness. And, and that's it. This is still something that you could serve to them. Pray Day's coming up. No, don't remind me. <laughs> that, don't, don't remind Billy either. <laughs> but, oh, uh... <laughs> like one of these years, like, I, I, we talk about it, like, I would just like to just close the doors for Pray Day. <laughs> no. Like, just be in a position just to be like, okay, To I'm be in that the- position's yeah. one thing. Yeah. yeah. But this is, this is a beer that like, you could give to any... Fan of a dark beer that you have that may not as a big maybe not be a big craft beer guy. There's enough in this that they will take a sip and they'll be taken back. But just make sure, like, look, take at least five sips of this one because you need to try. There's a lot going on in this, and if you're not familiar with craft beer, it's going to be like a, a lot to take in at once. But once you get past that, and you could really 
dissect what's going on and you get like subtle sweetness you get coffee that maple syrup is there but it's not overwhelming and it's not the first thing that you taste it's it's everything is all kept in check with one another like nothing is going above the other they're all really well can this be at the turtles birthday party yes Yes, it has to be it has to be billy heard that Well, we had it and we sold out of it. I don't know if they have it. We, tried, we literally tried to get it for the um, for the uh, pop up here uh, on Monday, but they didn't have any more. Wow! Yeah. So, so all of our, we yeah. sold this that out. Was one of my we first sold ones. this out in like uh, you know uh, a week or something, and this all you know we were gone. That was so. this was one of my first yeah. ones when we were we were laying out the beers for dessert. I was like you know tear up and wake and bake of any you know, and it's tough to that's a, it's sought after beer. It's a really it's, sought it's after delicious. Beer. Yeah. It's just a, a phenomenal beer. And this is another one. It's wax sealed. So this is one that you can actually age out for a bit. And as that ages out, the maple syrup will drop out even more. But it'll, I, I think it'll develop a sweetness for a couple of years, and then that'll fall apart. But this is one you could actually sit on for a little bit, too, which is nice. But I, I absolutely, this is one of my favorite beers from Terrapin, hands down. It is absolutely, it's delicious. And I think yeah. we should get some uh, Facebook traffic going over to the uh, Beer Geeks Facebook page, and we should start demanding the the uh, happening of this uh, the turtle birthday party at Backyard <laughs> Ale House. Get out there, tell Derek that this needs to happen. You know, if we get Wait, enough, why is it my, it's your if turtle. We, <laughs> yeah, it's if, your we get, turtle. if we get enough people to demand Derek to throw my turtle <laughs> yeah. a birthday party, we'll all go down and invade Billy's and green, I, green you know, balloons. I have to go pick up the turtle. I have to buy a new cage for the turtle. The transport. You, did, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, that, you that, see yeah, how this the works. On the back. Yeah. There, yeah. And all amphibians will be carted at the door at Backyard <laughs> House. It. No cover for amphibians. No. A turtle is an amphibian, right? Yes. All right. We only have a few. Damn, minutes. bam, biology. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Carpenter's right. laughing now. Next week, we have Neshemini Creek on. Great PA Brewery. Oh, yeah, and good. one last reminder, get on peculiarculinary.bigcartel.com. Get your tickets for the Pulp Fiction Dinner. You're going to get phenomenal beers. You're going to get phenomenal food. And you're going to get us. It's what more do you want? Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. And Blaze, thank you for being here with us. Uh, oh, drinking beer. Thanks for drinking invitation. alcohol before you go to work. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's a tough awesome. job. Tough job. Stop advertising. Okay. <laughs> he didn't have that much. Backyard <laughs> Billy, Mason Dixon tonight, baby. Yeah, we also, uh, you know, it's important. I want people to know that we're, we are open for parade day, even though I want to close. I, I, I like, don't want you close. Yeah, no, no. No, we are, we are open for parade day, and there's actually no cover from 9 to 10. So. All right, man. Yeah. Definitely. We're going to have so much fun. We had a blast this week. It was an excellent show, Derek. Thank you very much for everything you put together to make this happen. And it goes by so quick all the time. The only thing I could say left on behalf of all my friends here in the studio, consider yourselves all dealt with.